You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Code of conduct. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. God made me punch in the accurate numbers. Yeah. My castle won't crumble. Nah. What I tackle will fumble. Yeah. I've been a leader when they ain't see it, but now my feet is up. up. According to me, royalty didn't end with King Tut. Nah. Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs. Yeah. Big says sky is the limit. I look down on the ledge. I push the bar like I'm opening the cell. Hands in my cookie jar, you won't come out with a single nail. I need all of mine. The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale. What's a king to a giant? What? Well, Goliath fell. Even yeah. if we playing chess, dog. This king can't be checked. I make all my moves on the board. I invented my steps. Uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler. I feel like Mansa Musa. Musa. Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda. Triangle, look at it from my angle. I'm a king, the closest thing to being one of God's angels. Yeah. I'm a king. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put an extra Ooh, every time that I hear that record, I get I took the sword out the stone, Let's wasn't go. a thing. Let's go. Look me in my eyes, cause I'm a king. Okay. Look me in my eyes, cause I'm a king. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is the Code of Conduct with the King Podcast. I am your host, Jay Spencer King. And you are listening to the Code of Conduct and the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day, Picasso's. We are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. Order online at PicassoPizza.net. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Bill's Mafia in the building. I have, this is a special guest for me. Normally, you know, I I try to uh, dip outside of the, the fan base and get certain individuals that I respect from other fan bases. And this one, uh, this week is no exception. I respect this dude and I love this dude on a whole different level. My brother, one of my best friends in the world is joining me tonight. My man, Jesse, I'm not going to put your whole government out there, but my man, Jesse is in the building. What's going on, man? What's happening? Man, uh, it's, it's a, it's a big week for y'all. It's a big week for us, but I feel like it's a big week for y'all. So, uh, let's, a- let's go. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. It's a huge week for us because we got to go out and show something, uh, go out and prove something to ourselves and our fan base this week. Well, so before we talk about this week, you know, let's first let me let everybody know, you know, just a little background. So Jesse and I, um, we we used to work. Well, he was my manager, actually. So I moved to Indiana and I was out in Indianapolis for about four and a half, five years and um Jesse and I, we linked actually through my cousin, who everybody, if you've been listening to the Code of Conduct for a couple of years, you actually met my cousin CJ. Bills fans didn't like him when we talked about Baltimore, but that's okay. That's my dog. That's my cousin. Jesse and I linked through him, but then we actually worked together for some for some time, and uh, it's just been it's just been a great time. My man Daniel says, "Welcome Jesse and go Bills!" At the same time, uh, so we are. Um, let's get into it though, man. Um, first, how you doing, man? How's everything out there in, in Indianapolis and? You 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 moving to Phoenix yet or what? I'm doing great. Uh, that move to Phoenix was halted a little bit when JJ Watt put this uh, put the snake uh, post out about the snake being in his bathroom. Made my wife take a second look at maybe moving out that way. She said she don't want to have no snakes running around her house. <laughs> she don't want no parts of it. But I'm gonna just tell you, man. Not like, having I no snakes gotta... in the house. I've been here like two years, two and a half years now. I have not seen one, like, honestly, man, like, but okay. I ain't gonna, I, you know, I'll, I'll save the recruitment for when we're off of this. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, so this past weekend, y'all took an L like of epic proportions, man. Like y'all, y'all went up against the Washington commanders. I wrote like, I do the article now, um, like the game day picks. And when I wrote about this game, I was like, yo, there's no way Aaron Rodgers could lose to, to Heineke. Or, you know, like, I just I just can't see I, I just can't see Aaron Rodgers taking that L 
and, and they need momentum coming into Orchard Park, but they did it. <laughs> Let's talk about what you saw from this last game, and then, you know, we'll get into that, then we'll get into next week. There is so much that I saw in this game that even need to be discussed here. First, we would have – it's crazy to think that it would have been easier if Carson Wentz would have played, and he's that starter. Um, <laughs> we had an issue with um, – maintaining our rush lanes and allowing uh, the quarterback to move around and be able to make some throws under pressure. And that's pretty much what cost us the game is our inability to close out those pressures and allowing him to get the ball off. And he made some good plays in the second half uh, on top of the fact that our defense did not take advantage of some opportunities they had in the first half and, uh, and getting penalties Bad, bad timing on getting penalties. We had a fumble recovery that would have been a return touchdown in the first half. Uh, it was a really ticky-tack illegal contact, but it is what it is. The penalty got called, and we lost the touchdown. But there was maybe three other opportunities for interceptions in that first half alone that we did not capitalize on. And that's, that's what cost us the game, inability to capitalize on their mistakes, and then not being able to close them out on our end. I mean, our offense only ran 47 plays in that game. You know what's amazing to me in a bad way? Because, like, so through the years, you know, I've always been one to, like, pay super respect to Aaron Rodgers. I love the Packers. Like, it was one of those things where it was like, okay, well, my bills ain't good. Y'all used to y'all used to get me. But I used to, I used to say positive things about the Packers. And now it seems like the oh. way the ball will bounce – like the, it used to just bounce y'all way, you know, and or Aaron Rodgers would make a play. He'll make a pass. And it's like, man, I used to I used to envy that. Like when we had EJ Manuel, I used to be like, man, why can't I just get a quarterback that could put the ball where it needs to be like Aaron Rodgers? But now it just yeah, seems like, well, now we do. We'll talk about that. But like now it seems like <laughs> now it seems like I, I like, for instance, there was a play in the first half where um, Aaron, he ran out to his right and I forget the receiver, but he he tossed it out there and the guy had to dive a little bit for it. But you know, under normal circumstances, you feel like that's a throw that Aaron Rodgers makes like nine times out of 10. And it just feels like this season is not happening that way. What, what do you think is the, is the disconnect? Like, is it, as, is it really as simple as what well, Devontae Adams ain't there? Or is it that, you know, what's the disconnect? Right now, they are not making a big deal out of it, but Aaron Rodgers has a right thumb injury. And Aaron Rodgers is not able to throw the deep ball and he's not able to throw simple dump-off passes accurately. He's thrown several dump-off passes in the ground, way too high to where the receivers have had to jump for him and thrown them off of their, uh, their routes. He's, he's missed so many receivers. He, in that game alone, if you, I don't know how much of the game that you actually watch, but he threw probably three deep passes that were 10 to 15 yards overthrown from the receivers. Just no way. And the receivers are getting open. They may not be getting open like Devontae would. And, um, but when you had opportunities, you have to take advantage of those. The receivers are getting open. But then there's other plays where the receivers are dropping the ball. Five drop balls last week. And depending on what you listen to, between five and seven uh, against the commanders. So you got to you got to uh, be better with your execution. That's where our issues stand at. And I feel again, back to that point of like certain things just not going your way. Like even the Jets game, I feel like, you know, the block punt or the block uh, kick, the field goal. You had uh, just like a bunch of these little miscues that you normally see for bad teams. And then, so when I say this, this is an honest question to you. Like, this is the first year I've seen it like this for Green Bay. And it's like, that's normally what happens to bad. Like, do you do you see yourself looking at this team like, you know what, this year, we just not good? Or do you see it being one of those things where, obviously, you got Aaron Rodgers, but can it be one of those things where it's like, you know what, no, we still got time to fix this. We can turn this around. Well, I, I see both of those in that because we do look terrible right now, but we do have time to turn it around. Like in that Jets game, we actually had a field goal block and a punt block. The punt block went back for a touchdown. So, I mean, we, we essentially on special teams alone, we lost a total of 13 points in that Jets loss. So 
Um, and, but then if you look back, our offense couldn't do anything. Our offense didn't score. And that Jets game, our offensive line was terrible. And that's why you saw in the Washington game that we had some wholesale changes on the offensive line. Uh, they did. They changed up four positions on our offensive line in that Washington game. Mm-hmm. And they started to leave the tight end in, tight ends in more. They did more protecting, and it worked. Aaron Rodgers didn't get sacked one time in that game, and he he was only pressured once, and he still couldn't complete passes. So <laughs> that's that's something to think about. I just it just first it's still and you know I've we've texted and I've I've talked to you and I said look man for for me outside of everything I'm still just shocked that you know not even shocked I feel like they regret the divorce from Devontae Adams. Like, I get that it got to the point where he oh, was like, no, nah, I'm ready to go. But it's like, and, and I agree with you, like, he's not hitting passes that he would normally hit. But at the same time, it's like, you and you can see even for Devontae Adams, like, yeah, I know he went to college with Carr, and I know, you know, they got a good running game, and Darren Waller's out there. But you could tell he misses he misses Aaron Rodgers too, man. Like, it is it, 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 one thing from going from 70% of the offense to now you're, one of the guys like it's a, it's a huge difference what's the biggest yeah. thing that you you know i don't know because because you just said that you feel like it's not necessarily the receivers they're getting open but man it, I, he misses them bro like he really misses them he's missing and i i really think it's his thumb he you'll see him a lot during the games in that buffalo game i guarantee you they're gonna catch him on the sideline walking off the field and holding that thumb they can't even take snaps on the center right now because it hurts so th- this last game, they had 39 out of 47 snaps were in shotgun. And two of those snaps that they didn't take in shotgun, one was a spike to, to stop the clock. The other one was a run at the goal line right before halftime just to make space. So they, they just can't take snaps on the center because he can't take the pain. So his thumb is an issue. Tracy in the comments is talking to Pamela, but she says she has some delicious cheese. Is this a shot at the cheese heads or y'all got an inside joke? I need to know because I want to laugh, too. I'm hoping it's a shot at the, like I'm hoping it's a shot at the Packers real quick, because um, as a matter of fact, we're going to keep going on the topics. But I just want you all to know, Jesse, he done says some stuff to me over the years and I always pay respect to the Packers. It was one year uh, when we was at work and. And I was excited because the Packers was actually playing Buffalo. And I'm like, yo, the schedule come. He was like, I don't worry about that till after the playoffs, pimp. And I'm like, oh, that's how you feel. We, we make the playoffs in Green Bay. Oh, that's how you feel. He, yo, they used to come at me. So, so whatever jokes y'all got for these Packers, y'all go ahead and go off in the comments. Please go off in the comments. <laughs> I, I they can hit me with it. I'm all good. I, I've had my years to brag and boast. So we get a down year. Hey, give it to me. I'll take it because – <laughs> I, I'll be able to come back soon. And you know what? Talking about down years and talking about bragging and boasting, can we talk about your cousin's team for a second? Can we talk about the, the New England Patriots that just took that L last night to the to the Chicago Bears in the worst way? Like, I, I just want to talk about that real quick because I just thought that that was funny. Like, from I think all Bills fans find that to be extremely funny and entertaining. Uh, I'm sure they do. The, what you see about the Patriots this year? All the Bills fans got to be loving what they're seeing with the Patriots now because of all those years with Tom Brady out there just getting on your nerves. Now Tom Brady gone, and they look vulnerable. They look like they are averaging up their team now. And they went out there, and Chicago's defense just put it to them. They, and I think they might have hurt their team a little. You won't find out till later. But I believe pulling uh, Mac Jones the way that they did for Zappi and then – Zappy turned around and he, you know, he made a couple plays when he first came in, but he didn't play well. He made a couple plays on broken coverage. You know what I mean? Like it, it wasn't, he did. Like, yeah. you know, it, he didn't, he wasn't out there and he wasn't surgical. Um, but to your point, I agree with you. I think that they, they actually did hurt the team. Remember last year they was talking about how Miami or the year before they was talking about how Miami mishandled Tua by pulling him and then playing him and then pulling him. Uh, everybody, they call a goat coach. They, they talk about Bill Belichick, like he's the goat. He's doing the same thing now. So I just yeah. don't understand how like the narrative isn't the same. I thought today, this morning, I, I for sure. I thought every network, every, um, publication, it was going to be, oh, man, Bill Belichick is mishandling, you know, Mac Jones. Instead, it's like, hey, it's zappy time. And it's like, what is happening? Like, like let's, let's, let's pile on Bill. 
I want to pile on Bill, but let's get back to uh, to your team, man. I just had to because just in case your cousins are listening, I just had to make sure I let them know it's a new <laughs> top dog in the AFC East, and y'all can watch. Y'all can, I, you know what? I tell you what, y'all can come on and like Josh Allen too. Go ahead and tell them they can, they can, y'all can come like Josh Allen. We'll accept you. At least I will. I, don't know I got one of those wishy washy ones. One of my cousins will be over there with you. <laughs> Shout out to my man John Fina's in the building. John Fina is one of the, the just the dopest guys. Fina played in the Super Bowl with the Bills, man. John Fina's my guy. Um, so back to it. Your your defense, though, I feel like is exceeding expectations. Like, you know, typically, like I said, normally every year it's like Aaron Rodgers and then the defense makes some plays, but it's really it's the offense's team. This year it seems like the way the offense is going, you know, I know your record isn't what you want it to be, and it's not as, you know, but at the same time. Your defense is, is the reason why y'all really won the games that you've won. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your defense. This actually is what the team was supposed to be. This is what we expected of the team uh, at the beginning of the year because we lost Devontae Adams. We knew that the young receivers was going to take some time to grow. We didn't expect Romeo Dobbs to come out and play as good as he's been playing, but his hands, for some reason, is, has, has turned on him. But um, the defense came out playing well. Uh, if you ask a lot of Packers fans, they will not tell you our defense is playing good. They will tell you our defense is a big problem. But our defense is constantly on the field. They are always on the field because our offense cannot sustain drives. So they come out, they play well early, and then later in the game, they just – the floodgates open. They get in work. But see, I don't understand that. How can you – you know, people – in your fan base say, well, no, they're not playing well. But I don't know. I, to me, that just doesn't make sense. Like, the defense has clearly been the best part of your team this year. Because if you watch certain games, you'll see, like, the game against the Giants. Uh, when when that, in that During that second half, the Giants drove down and scored. I want to say it was, it was either four or five consecutive drives. Mm-hmm. And our defense couldn't get a stop. Our offense came out after halftime. They went down. They scored. Well, they after half, the Giants got the ball first. The Giants went three and out. Defense stopped them. We got the ball. We drove down and scored. We needed a stop from the defense, and we couldn't get it. The Giants went right down and scored. Mm-hmm. And from there, I mean, the next next drive, we did the same thing, and the Giants just kept coming back and scoring. We couldn't stop their offense from scoring so that we can actually catch it. And that, that's what the fans look at. Well, I'm sorry. Shout out to my man, Brian Dayball over there. Buffalo zone coming through like literally Buffalo zone. He's from Western New York, but he's doing his thing out there smacking on the Packers like we needed him to do. Thank you, Brian. Shout out to the Giants. I hope they I hope they keep it up. You, how you feel about the I mean, I know they beat y'all, so you wasn't happy about it. But how, how do you nah. I don't I don't know if it's sustainable. Like, I don't think that they're actually winning games because they're good. I just think the team is energized. And, you know, the, again, the ball is bouncing their way for certain times that normally you wouldn't see it bouncing their way. They are pretty similar to what we were our first year under uh, LaFleur. Um, you play good football during the game and stay close, and then you play hard and finish the game. And they've been finishing the games instead of – if that, they've been finishing the games with the ball and scoring and winning, and that's what we were doing. That's how we uh, – the first year under LaFleur, we had a mishmash of offenses. They took the uh, LaFleur offense, mixed it in with the McCarthy offense, and they just made something up. And we didn't play great offensively, but they made it work, and we stayed in games. Of course, Aaron Rodgers will be able to pull it out in the end for us. They don't have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, but they're doing pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's one of those things where it's a, it's a gift and a curse for them because if if they keep winning – they won't have a decent draft spot to try and get a quarterback, you know, and then I, I I think pretty confidently everybody knows that Daniel Jones isn't the guy like he's, he's better than, he's better than Baker Mayfield's bum. You know, he's better than Baker, but he's, he's <laughs> not, <laughs> you know, but he ain't, he ain't really, um he's not, obviously he's not an Aaron Rodgers in his good years. He's not uh Josh this year or Patrick Mahomes, of course. So everybody's no. looking for that guy. So I just think it, it's a gift and a curse that they're starting the season off so hot. Cause I, I also think their schedule is still kind of weak, you know, so like they could win a potentially another five, six, just based on who they're going against. The so schedule. 
Yeah, yeah and, that, and that's rough. That's rough when you're talking about trying to draft another quarterback. And I don't know if there's any um, – I got to look. I didn't research that, but I don't know if there's any big um, free agents coming up at the quarterback position. I just think it, 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 might, it might come back to bite them in the butt next season. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Jones is – I've never thought he was a terrible quarterback. I just thought they, they tried to make him out to be a better quarterback than he was. They made him play the wrong type of offense – putting him out there to try and make him sw- swing the ball around. Last year, talking about fantasy. Now, I had <laughs> I had Saquon in fantasy, and it, it amazed me how they would not run the ball. They just did not run the ball out there, and you got Saquon Barkley in your backfield. They didn't make him the, the focus of their offense. They're doing that this year, and that's the biggest difference in them. Well, that's what Brian Dayball's good at. Like, because even in the early years when Josh wasn't the Josh that we see now, he took his strengths and he made that the offense. You know, he he took, you know, really look at it every year, every, every year. Now, there were things that Bills fans complained about because obviously we want to be perfect. We want to play it like Madden and we want to blow teams out 56 to three every game. But realistically, you know, I felt like he did a good, good job, except I wanted more of a screen game. But, you know, that's what Brian Dayball does. He's going out there. Saquon is getting the ball. He's putting the receivers in positions to to make some type of separation where Daniel Jones can make throws that's easy for him. And they're taking what the defense gives him. If you do that all game, like you mentioned, you're going to be in the game and then yep. come come the end of the game. If you got the ball last or you got the ball, you know, with enough time to shut it down to where they can't really get down the field. Like that's what they did to the um to the Ravens, same thing the Bills did, but that's what they did to the Ravens. The Ravens just didn't have enough time to go down and really to strike back. Um, real quick before we, because now I want to get into next week, or I actually want to talk about your division real quick. But before we do, I do want to shout my guy John Fina out again. Tonight, right after the Code of Conduct, it's a very special episode of the Off Tackle Show with John Fina, my man Joe Miller. They're going to have Joel Allen. So if y'all don't know who that is, it's Josh Allen's father. He's going to be a very special guest tonight. We're going to talk. I don't know what they're going to talk about. I was about to make something up, but it's going to be good. So make sure y'all stick around on the YouTube network and, and check that out. If you don't get a chance to catch that, then tomorrow, catch it in podcast form or go back and watch the, the vidcast again. And uh, and then one more person. I got to shout out my man, Buffalo Freddy. I need y'all to understand that it's the best freaking barbecue in Western New York. And if you need a party, he has everything you need from bounce houses to tables to, to slide. You don't want the slides right now. It's cold. It is cold in Buffalo. Cold. But he got everything you need for a party. Make sure you hit him up at 716 Freddy. That's 716 Freddy. Hit my guy up. So, Jesse, let's talk a little bit about the division, man. I feel like I feel like right now um, it's disappointing for, for Packers fans, but you know, the Vikings, Justin Jefferson, that dude is for real. Like, you know, and, and I think if there was ever in the NF, in the history of the NFL, a trade that was more, uh, even it was when the Buffalo bills got Stefan Diggs and they traded that draft pick for them to be able to get Justin Jefferson. Cause both those dudes have, have filled in nicely and it, they just eaten. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the Vikings right now? I hate them, but um, <laughs> but they are at this point. I don't think we can catch them. It's we've fallen so far behind. We lost to them week one. We're two losses behind them uh, in the win loss column, and it it's not looking good for what we got coming up here. We got Buffalo coming up, and then we got Philly coming up. So if we don't get ourselves together. I mean, the, the division's going to be gone pretty quick. I could see y'all beating so, Philly, though. I, I, like, I, I don't think Philly is as good as the as as average. No, I'm being honest with you. I, I saw Philly <laughs> out here in Arizona. I know why you laugh. I like how you <laughs> just skipped over <laughs> Buffalo. I was like, I see y'all beating Philly. You're like, yeah, I ain't beating nothing. <laughs> well, no, I'm gonna just tell you, honest to God, it, going back to the preseason, man. I've been I've been having difficulty, like. It's one of those things where, like, you you want to be honest about your expectations and you want to be honest about your team. Every like, dude, every game I look at the other team and I look at us and I look at how I feel like there are certain areas that we've underperformed still. And it's like, you know, we've we've won five games now. We blew three teams out. You know, we've beat the division leader for every like last year's Super Bowl champion. We blew out in their house last year's number one seed in the AFC. We blew them out. You know, like I just it's difficult for me to, to accept anything less right now. I just feel like we should come out and dominate. And the way the Packers are playing, 
not taking a shot. You know how much respect I have for Aaron Rodgers and how much respect I have for yeah. that franchise. I've said it for years. I just don't see it. And I, I'm not trying to be cocky. It's just, I just think we're going to dog walk y'all Sunday night. And Josh shows up Sunday nights or prime time in general. He shows up. So I just don't see it. So Philly, yeah, yeah, I think y'all can, I think y'all can beat Philly. I don't think they're as good as advertised. I think, um, you know, they're undefeated, so I can't disrespect their record. But when you look at the games that the teams that they've played, and then again their schedule following, you know, the Packers, I just don't think that they have the schedule that's going to scare anybody. So yeah, they should win the, the NFC. They should make it to the playoffs. But once it gets down to the top eight teams of the league or whatever, I just don't see them really being able to compete with the best of the best. Yeah, and they won't. Uh, they ain't got. They're not going to have to worry about anything. I mean, they they're going to pull that division out pretty quick. Um, because I well, I take that back. The Giants is up there. I think the Giants are going to have a better chance than Dallas will at mm. staying closer. I think they're going to be ahead of Dallas come the end of all this. Uh, Dallas is going to be in turmoil, wondering about which quarterback they should have been starting. Even though I don't think that they should have kept. Um, the, the uh, backup guy, and I can't think his name right now, but I don't think they should have kept him in. Dak deserved to come back and start. He's the better quarterback. But their fans are going to be the same way that uh, the Patriots fans were with Zappy. And, I mean, that game they just played, they came pretty close down the wire. They weren't playing well. And um, I could see just them Dallas fans are going to want to bring back that Quarterback that's been doing all of the winning, and he's not the better quarterback. So I just I don't see them sustaining uh, what they're doing. Yeah, I, th- I think Dak is the better of the two, and I tell you what, it'll be foolish of them. They'll mess around and ended up end up trading them, and you let them go somewhere like Indianapolis, like let them go to the Colts, and I promise you, y'all gonna look at Dak differently. Dak at one. I don't need to real. see him with the Colts. Right, you don't want because because you understand like, <laughs> Dak ain't the problem there, and I mean he's people not. forget. We got a short-sighted memory, man. If you look back at Dak, he let they had a number one offense a couple years ago. You know what I mean? And he has yeah. some pretty serious injuries, but he ain't the problem. He ain't the problem. Um, I know we kind of just touched on this, but Pam in the comments um, wanted to know, and I'll ask you this, are the Eagles for real? I know we kind of just said you, – you just said you think the Cowboys have a better shot, but um, what was your – I gave my whole thing. Oh, the Giants have a better I believe, shot. Yeah, I believe that the Eagles are for real. Uh, the reason that they are playing so well is because of their offensive line. Unless they have injuries on that line, uh, they're going to play well the rest of the season. Somebody's going to have to figure out how to get pressure on Hurts. And if they don't, I don't think they're going – I don't think that they're going to have an issue with their division. That's, that's what I was saying, that I think that they're going to handle that division pretty well. I don't think any of them in a division can beat them. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, it's just, it's just um, scheduling and it's, it's injuries. And, you know, like you look at certain teams, it's like if, if boys was, was healthy, this would be a different season, you know, like, and I mean, yeah. and that's another conversation, like going back to what I said about the bills, you got to understand, man, we ain't had Trey white all year. You know, Micah Hyde went out week two, you know, you know, I love Micah. Yeah. Yeah. Micah's your boy. And yeah, <laughs> And I love Micah, you know, so it, I'm sad that he's out for the year. Hopefully he had a successful surgery, so hopefully he'll be back next year, 23 and 23. Let's get him back. But I just don't, again, like the injuries we've had, man, and we're performing the way we're performing with those injuries. And now, like, we're, we're healthy. We, we finally were somewhat close to healthy going up against the Chiefs. I think, don't quote me on this, Bills fans, this is not an insider moment. I think we'll have Trey White back this week, if not this week, at the, like absolutely the following week. We're going to have Trey White back. Jordan Poyer is, is leading the league in interceptions. My dog, pay Poyer. Can y'all pay Poyer, please? Um, <laughs> Tremaine Edmonds is beasting. It's just, it's just without those injuries, man, like it, it's just, I, I just feel like we, we would really be dominating. And, and that, that Miami game, we should have won that. It was, I'm not, I'm not giving any excuses. I was at the game though. And when I tell you, I was dehydrated sitting there. I don't know how them boys was playing and hitting each other you know, in that heat and with that humidity. I just don't know. I don't know. But um, let's, let's, uh, let's keep it moving in. So um, this week, the Green Bay Packers come to, to my home and they come into Orchard Park and they're going to go up on, against the Bills on the Sunday night football, which is, which is fun for me because it's a, it's a big game. 
I've been looking forward to this since the schedule came out. I want to play a clip, and I want your thoughts on this clip. Goddamn right it does. I'm not. I'm not worried about this squad. In fact, this might be the best thing for us uh, this week. You know, nobody's going to give us a chance. Going to Buffalo and Sunday night football, a chance to get exposed. Shoot, might be the best thing for us. You think that's a widespread belief? You think this is the best thing for the Packers? <laughs> Do you mean the Bills? <laughs> what he's saying simply is just that maybe they need to go in somewhere as an underdog and have that up uphill fight to not have everybody telling telling us that we're the better team and we should be winning. And I hope they're not sitting in the, the clubhouse or in the uh in there reading their own press clippings and thinking that they're better than they are. But according to what he's saying, that's what he's thinking that, you know, maybe we need to go in somewhere as underdogs and have everybody think that we're not good enough. So the guys will put on, on a better focus and go, you know how mad I would be if they go out and they beat y'all. <laughs> I would be so disgusted with my team. You lose to the giants, to the jets, to Washington. And then you go into Buffalo and win. What is wrong with y'all? We have a real problem in the locker room. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah. Because then that means y'all, y'all just not focused. Y'all not waking up for games like y'all supposed to. If that's, if right. that's what happens. Yeah. That means they're not coming in the games prepared to play. Yeah. And, and, and one thing that I'm seeing, and I think Bills fans are recognizing it now, after the year that we've had last year, and even the year before, because the year before was when that was Josh Allen's like MVP runner-up year. Now we're recognizing every week teams are waking up. Like they're giving us their best. Like it's like, okay, this is a playoff game. This is a playoff matchup. And that's how teams play us. So, I mean, I could, I could see the point. Like maybe, you know, they, they come in there and it's like, okay, we super focused. We got to really, you know, we got to be focused on our assignments. We got to be focused on A, B, C, and D. And maybe they do come in and, and do it. I just, I just can't see it, man. <laughs> like I just, but, but this quote, what Aaron Rodgers is saying, I'll I tell you how it comes across to some of the players in Buffalo. It comes okay. across like – you know, it comes across like, okay, I understand you saying, I understand you saying that maybe this is what y'all need to kind of come in and focus, but be realistic about who we are. Like we them boys now. And and I feel like at like they now are at the point where it's like, no, we have one goal and we're going to dominate every week until we get to our goal and we want to win that Super Bowl. So it's like, now it's no longer the Bills saying like, they're not respecting us in the sense of people not knowing about us. Now it's like, no, y'all know about us and y'all still going to talk like this. I think so. It's like, and I know he wasn't, again, it wasn't directly at the bills. He was speaking in general about the team, but the way the media right. spun it and the way it's heard is like, no, nah, come on, man. Be honest about who the hell we are, man. Like we them boys. Yeah. Well, that's, it wasn't, it wasn't a shot at Buffalo at all. He wasn't coming for Buffalo. He's talking about his team. Uh, coming together and doing something. Uh, like last year, um, we went into Arizona, only undefeated team left. Uh, we didn't have Devontae Adams. We didn't have uh, Allen. Our receiving core was down to – we had to bring in a couple of guys off practice squad for that game. And we went into Arizona and we won that game. And because – yeah, because we were being looked at as – underdogs in that game and they went in there and they won that game. And that's what he's saying. The focus that it took in that game for them to come out and win that game 
is what they're going to need when they go into Buffalo. That's what he said may be the best thing for us. It's well, just it you, could be a light, shining a light on what we need to do every game. I'm going to tell you what. Kyler Murray ain't no damn Josh Allen, okay? I just need you to understand what y'all about to go up against this week. And, and, and this is now, now this is me bragging a little bit, which I'm about to go up against this week though. I really, I said before the season that this is the most talented roster top to bottom that I've ever seen the Buffalo bills have on paper. And what they've done is they've come out and they're proving that to be right. That's insane. This ain't the, this ain't the game that y'all want to tune up. You know, like y'all should have been tuning up against Washington, the giants, the jets, like this is the game that I need a momentum. You know what I mean? Like y'all needed to come in there yeah. feeling like, yo, we can win this. Feeling ourselves, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't see it. Honestly, I don't either. <laughs> I don't see it either. I, I've watched the last three games and how we play. You know, I felt so good when we beat Tampa Bay. And now looking back, Tampa Bay sucked too. They do. What we didn't beat a, a, Have no idea. So, um, I mean, it just – we look at how the teams that we have beat this year, they, they were they were easily beatable teams. And then we have three the last three games. We haven't lost three games in a row since 1994. That's speaking ridiculous. That, speaking of that, you know, this is the largest spread that Aaron Rodgers has had in his career. Prior to this game, yeah. uh, the long, the, I think the largest was eight and a half. I think it was updated today to 10 and a half. It was, it was 10 when I, when I like to open the eyes and I was 10 and a half. It's the absolute largest of Aaron Rodgers career. And Vegas, so Vegas just yeah. thinks like they about to come into Buffalo and get, and get beat down. And I don't know, man. And, and cause I love Aaron Rodgers. I love Aaron Rodgers, but he's becoming, <laughs> he's just becoming so unlikable in a way like lately. Uh, before we went live, I, I played you a clip from the uh, Pat McAfee show. I would play it here, but I don't think I don't think that I can. I don't know if if I would get flagged or not for playing another podcast uh, info. But um, you know, he basically was just—I don't know—it just still feels like he's he's be, he's coming across as super arrogant. He's not taking responsibility. He's not being accountable for the team. Like he's not being the leader that you would expect your two-time defending MVP and former Super Bowl champion to be. And I don't know. It's just rubbing me wrong. And and again, you know how much I've loved Aaron Rodgers. Like I, I mean, dog, I used to I used to worship that dude. And it's like this is this is this is who you are as a leader when you don't have the weapons that you want or the weapons that you feel like you need or whatever. And, and it's just I don't know. Like really, honest to God, this is the first time I can say outside of it just being I want the Bills to win. This is the first time I can say I hope they dog walk this dude just because I feel like I feel like he needs to take accountability. And I, I just really hope Von Miller puts a smack on that dude. I hope you know, what I mean, like I really hope we beat that yeah. dude down. Well, I don't a lot of Packers fans, unfortunately, agree with you. Um, but Aaron Rodgers isn't different. He's been this person. The, the thing that you're seeing is that throughout Aaron Rodgers' career, he has never liked playing with rookies on the field. He's wanted, even when Devontae Adams was a rookie, you could see that he didn't play much. He just, the players on the field for him have to be, the offense has to run a certain way. You have to know where you are supposed to be and be there, or Aaron Rodgers will not even look at you on the field. And with young guys, when they're making a bunch of errors, dropping passes, he wants to look to his veteran receivers to help him. That's the guys that he will go to to pull them out. So if the Packers can look to maybe make a trade this year and get some veteran receivers into the team, it would make Rodgers so much more happier because those are the people that he wants to throw to. He don't believe in the young guys. And knowing that he has to throw to them and he do during the game and then actually wanting to do it is two different things. Man, you got Bill's Mafia apologizing to you in the comments, man. Shout out to Pam. She said, sorry. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. I'm a realist. 
it's it's just crazy. But you know what? There there have been some uh, rumors being kind of tossed out there from some NFL insiders that the Packers are actively calling around looking for a trade partner for a wide receiver. Is there anybody um, that either you've heard or anybody that comes to mind that you feel like would be a, a, a good target for the Packers to be looking at? That's realistic, obviously. Yeah, they talking about Brandon Cooks, who I know everybody's looking at. They're talking about um, uh, Moore in Carolina, DJ Moore. That's the receiver that they want. They're not. That's what that's what Carolina said. That's what they're saying. That to me is them trying to drive the price up for him. So they tell you, well, you know what? We're not letting him go. We look at him as a cornerstone on our offense. Well, you just traded the best player on your team who you have three years left on his contract. This year is only a million dollars on his contract and then 12 million for the other two years. He don't have a lot of money on that contract left. They paid him most of all of the money already. So you giving up one of the best running backs in the NFL be like you don't think he a cornerstone of your team? Like that don't sound right. And I think they're doing the same thing with DJ Moore. They're just trying to drive up the price. Um, and I don't think, quite honestly, the Packers are not going to pay a large price in draft picks. They value their draft picks too much. Anything, every year you hear about the Packers in on conversations about trades. You very rarely hear the Packers made a trade. True. Because they just don't. They don't do it. Which is, I guess, again, which is why I was shocked that they even that the trade for Adams went through. Because in my mind, in my mind, if there were anybody on your team that was getting traded, it wouldn't have been Adams and it wouldn't have been Rodgers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, OK, we could trade whoever else on this offense. We could trade whoever you want on. D- but these two dudes are untouchable. And so when it happened, it was just like and it wasn't even for the, the King's ransom, I would have assumed. You know what I mean? Like for Devontae. Yeah, it, it was so depressing for me. That was a depressing day for me. And then I hear all of the news come out and where they saying that, well, he wanted to go play with Derek Carr. I was like, that didn't make no sense. But then I heard Aaron Rodgers on the McAfee show say that uh, he couldn't guarantee him a certain amount of time that he would play. And Devontae wanted to know that he was going to be there. And if not, then he wanted to go play with his friends. So uh, he felt like because the Packers stalled him out like they did, they tried to play Debo and stall him out. He figured he was going to go ahead and get what he wanted. And, uh, you know, since Aaron couldn't guarantee he would be there. I think we lost my man, Jesse. And good luck with that, and congratulations on your losing season. And now we suck just as bad. So <laughs> yeah. we lost you there for a hot second, but I got your point. We got we got the whole point. Um, let's let's get it. Like so, now let's get into the X's and O's of this weekend. Because um, I know I just gave you a whole speech about how I just feel like it ain't happening. But let's let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about what you feel like the game plan has to be for the Packers to come into Orchard Park and win this game Sunday night. Okay, so first, uh, they're going to have to have 69 back on the offensive line. If Bakhtiari can't play, it's going to be a problem because they're going to need – the guy that played in his place last week was a rookie. He's not going to be able to do nothing with Von Miller. So if he's out there with Von Miller, I don't care if they put the tight end over there with him. They're not going to be able to stop Von Miller from destroying our offense. So Bakhtiari has to be back. They have have to run the ball, and they have to be successful at it. The Packers ran the ball 12 times last week. 12 times out of 47 plays. That is horrible. So they got to run the ball. Aaron Jones should have 15 carries alone. He had – Eight carries and nine receptions. So everybody was saying, well, they got him the ball. That's good enough. No, it's not. He needs to run the ball. He needs to have a minimum of 15 carries. 15 to 20 carries is what an NFL running back should be able to do. You should never have less than 10 carries in a game. Unless you're being blown out and you're trying to come back. 
I, I don't understand that. And every week they come in the press conference after the game and go, we got to get Aaron the ball more. Well, duh, it's your job. You the coach. <laughs> Call the plays. And if Aaron Rodgers is audible and out of them, you tell them to stop it. You need to run the ball. They got to run it, and then they got to be able to do – they got to have some semblance of a play-action pass. And if they can't do that, their offense isn't going to be able to stay on the field still, and our defense is going to get wore down, and we're going to get trounced. Aaron Jones made some big plays for y'all this, this past week. He had the, the, the touchdown reception. It was, it was a great catch. Like, you know, uh, he looked like a wide receiver. Yeah. You know? So he's making some plays, but when you when you have a guy with that type of talent, you get him involved more, man. Like, ab- absolutely. You sound like Bills fans about Devin Singletary. Like, obviously, we have a high-powered offense with Josh, but – we need that run game to be going to take some of the pressure off of Josh. Like this dude would be throwing for 400 yards and then rushing for 80. He's leading the league, the team in rushing and Pat. And it's like, that's right. a lot, you know? So, so I get it. I get it. Um, defensively on, on the other side of the ball, what do you think the Packers have to do to, to contain or to slow down this offense? Unfortunately is it would be playing right into the bills hands because they're going to have to play man to man and they're going to have to try and play some bump and run coverage. And when you got the, the weapons that you guys have, being able to get out there, you're going to have two big issues. You're going to have either them beating you over the top or you're going to have Josh Allen running for days because you were man-to-man coverage. And if the, D, if the D-line don't maintain their rush lines, which they won't, our D-line never maintains rush lines, um, Josh Allen's going to be running all over the field. So we're going to have a horrible time stopping that offense. And our offense, the only way to do it is to keep them off the field. Well, I mean, to do that, that means you got to get Aaron Jones involved. It can't be 10. That's why I said we have to run the ball. (laughs) Yeah, you want to play that time of possession game because, you know, if, if, if Josh is on the field, they moving the ball and they're going to try to score. Uh, my, shout out to my homegirl, Tia Stell from Natural Average Podcast in the 716. She has a question for you. She wants to know if it's true. And, and I've heard this before, too, which is 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 weird. But because I feel like when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers or, you know, back in the day, the Peyton Manning's, I feel like they should just be the the on-field offensive coordinator in a way. So you're supposed to give them the playbook. But. I do feel like there is a little bit of difference of what Aaron Rodgers wants and then what your coach wants to do. So is there, is there a, a, a disconnect when it comes to the play calling too? I, Cause I hear him, he takes some shots. He's he been taking some shots, uh, like some of those subtle little disses here and there. Uh, what, what do you see as far as the play calling and all of that stuff? Is it something that Aaron Rodgers is having difficulty letting go of, or is it something that the coaching staff needs to trust Aaron Rodgers a little bit more because he's, he deserves that. Um, it, there, there is two playbooks. She is absolutely correct. There's two different playbooks. There's the one that the coach actually wants to run, and then there's the one that Aaron Rodgers, that they had to build for Aaron Rodgers, the way that he likes to play, to try and mix in what the coach likes to do. Um, and one of those things is those shotguns. Aaron loves to be in the shotgun. He hates turning his back to the defense because – defenses change. They try and show us one thing and then change because of Aaron Rodgers and what he can do to your defense. So he don't want to turn his back to the defense, knowing what he just saw, and then turn his back to play action, turn back, and the defense is in something different. It, it throws him off. So he don't like to go play action that way. He'll be in a shotgun. He want to fake the handoff in the shotgun as playoff. I mean, as play action. And that's not the same. So shout out to, um, I'm sorry. Shout out to McNizzle. He says, this guy is awesome. Talking about my brother, Jesse here. Great analysis about the Packers. Appreciate you coming on this week, man. Like I, I had a couple people that I, I reached out to initially, but I'm like, no, let me get my family on here. And this is why, because I, I missed the way we used to talk, man. This was every day at work. You know, we, we used yeah, to talk well, like, <laughs> about the attorney. We used to I mean, do we, this all the time. We probably should have did more work. But the point is, we have <laughs> We had some fun times, so shout out to McNizzle. But go ahead and finish your point. I'm sorry for cutting you off there. Yeah, um, I completely lost where I was now. Um, so uh, the playbook and everything with the – it's all good. The playbook um, with everything with them is that um, if you look at San Francisco and the Rams, that's the way 
that LaFleur wants to play in our offense. And if we can just get Aaron Rodgers to play under center, we can run our offense that way. I can guarantee you our offense would be significantly better this year if he would just go under center and take more snaps. And that is it's crazy that it's something that simple. But it forces the defense, when you go into that play action, the defense has to respect it from watching the quarterback drop back, stick that ball out, and stick it into the running back's stomach. Those linebackers are going to react to that. When you're standing back there in shotgun and you reach that ball out, linebackers don't have to commit to that. And they don't. They, you'll see some of our play-action plays, the linebackers will drop during the play-action part of it. So it, they definitely do have two different playbooks, and they need to do more of LaFleur's offense uh, just to get to – if we had the weapons that he wanted, he could play the way he wanted to all day because he could get out there and throw the ball around. We don't have those weapons no more. It's just it's it's just so weird to watch, man. Because because one so one of the things that I know you're gonna remember this when I say it. One of the things I used to say to you is like, man, f y'all, man, y'all went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> man, like, it ain't fair. And and so like to to just watch and because then then the conversation would go to, it don't even like it matters who your receivers are, but it didn't even matter because it was like Aaron Rodgers was that good that he was elevating everybody's play around him. And and this is the first year and. I don't even assume I don't, I'm not saying that he's old. Like, I don't think that he's hit a cliff. I still think that he's Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? So I don't think that that we're at that point, but it's just, it's just wild to me to see the offense look like this or to see Aaron Rodgers look like this It's absolutely nuts, man. Um, but let's flip it now. So, so on the bill side of things, um, well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna ask you cause I, I'm, I already gave my whole speech about how I just feel like, you know, we, we that team this year, but, um, from a, a Bills perspective, we don't want to overlook the Packers. You know, anytime you got 12 right. on that other side, you don't want to overlook them, boys. So, so from a Bills perspective, aside from being focused and, and waking up for this game as if it was last week or two weeks ago against the Chiefs, what do you what do you see uh, the Bills need to do offensively? We'll, we'll talk about the defense in a second, but offensively, what do you think the Buffalo Bills need to do to really come out and and you know look like the team they have been all year? Uh, well. One thing will be that they're going to need to take advantage of our safeties. We will have uh, – we have one safety that can play pretty good back there, and then the other one is not so good. So we're looking at – our safeties will probably be looking to come down and help cover the middle of the field. Our defense has an issue with crossing patterns. So – We'll be getting into a lot of one half. Um, your guys are going to be able to take care, take uh, advantage of one-on-one coverage on the outside. Um, we want to play that way, though. So just know our secondary wants to play one-on-one coverage. Yeah, but sure. if they get out there, I guarantee you they want to play one-on-one coverage. That's the best the- way. Man. Listen, if we play zone, we are going to be destroyed with crossing patterns. If you look at the, go back and look at that Minnesota Vikings game. That wasn't an aberration. Our guys cannot hand off receivers in the middle of their zone patterns. They want to play man-to-man. And even if we get in toe-up man-to-man, it's better than what we're going to see in uh, with zone. In zone, you're going to see people five to ten yards open. And I that's disgusting. You. I hear you, but I'm just so again, this is being written. So I don't how many Bills games have you seen this year? Uh probably three. So in those three games, I'm sure one was the Chiefs game. I'm sure yeah. one was probably the, the season opener against the, the Rams. The Rams, yeah. And then probably what? Um what the Titans game, maybe? That was a Monday uh, night game, I think. Yeah, Titans was a Monday night game. That was a Monday night game, yeah. So, yeah. so probably those three. So when you look at those three games, you sure y'all, I'm not even like, seriously, y'all want to play man to man or, you know, man to man against <clears throat> Diggs and Gabriel Davis and like, dude, what they doing on, on offense, man to man is, I mean, really, I don't think, I don't know. I, I, Cause now I'm about to come. Jair's going to want to, Jair's going to want a man up on Diggs. Jair's 
been saying that about every receiver. And he did it last week, and Lauren tore that boy up. He 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 had his way with him. But um, Jair Alexander is still one of the better cover corners in the league. He going to want to get out there on gigs. We got a speedster and uh 21 out there who can cover the speed guy. You're going to have him out there probably. Um, and then you're going to have um, 29 out there. He's going to be playing in the slot. So him and Jair will rotate in the slot depending on where Diggs go. Diggs will probably play a lot out of the slot to try and get free, free releases and get out there on them. So they're gonna they're gonna try and play man to man against them. I guarantee you that if they play zone, that it's gonna be way worse. And then our run defense, it's okay, but it's not that's it's not nothing to write home about. We can't secure the edges. So you guys are gonna tear us up on the edge if y'all focus on the run. Okay. I mean, so when I hear you say that as a Bills fan, it's music to my ears because I've seen this year what happens when people try to go one-on-one with Diggs or with, um, like, obviously the Chiefs game. You saw um, right before the half, you know, Josh threw like a, I don't even remember what it was, like a 30-yard bomb to to Gabriel Davis. And then in the second half, he did the same thing to Diggs on, this, on the boundary one-on-one. So, you know, as a Bills fan, that makes us excited because I don't think that there's anybody, any team in the league with – a secondary that's complete enough to cover these guys man to man. And that's, that's not being cocky. That's being realistic about who the team is. Stokes can run with Gabriel Davis out there all day. His problem is playing that ball in the air. So Gabriel Davis can probably take advantage of him at the pack. Or it's Josh Allen. So if the pass is good enough, he can probably take advantage of him, but Stokes will be right there with him. Stokes. He's a four two. That boy is fast. He gets out there. Them, We've got good corners. We got three. Our secondary is still one of the better secondaries in the league. But they want to play man to man because they're not good in uh in zone. They're not good in zone. And they know it. They they actually went to the defensive coordinator and told him, We need to play man to man out here. This zone stuff is not working for us. Okay, well, we'll see what happens. The players shouldn't have to tell your coaches that, but they had to go to him and tell him that. Touche. You know how that goes. But, you know, sometimes the, the, the coaching staff don't – they, they got to listen to players more too. I think that's what makes a good coach. Uh, and, and speaking of coaching, and then this will be the last question and we'll get on out of here. Uh, my man John yeah. wants to know what your perspective on our offensive caller as a play – the Bills, you know, um, do you think the Bills have a better offense this year as opposed to last year with Brian Dabo? Now we have Ken Dorsey. Um, well, the offense this year looks way more explosive to me. Um, I'm seeing you want to talk about the differences. You don't you're at that point where the Packers used to be, where you, you're upset that they're not running the ball. They don't need to. Mm-hmm. They don't need to run the ball because their passing game is so good that the run game is obsolete. That's honestly that helps us because we eventually will get ran over the run game. We gave up 169, I want to say, yards last week on the ground. And <clears throat> we, we won't have to worry about that in Buffalo because Josh Allen's going to throw the ball. What they're going to have to worry about is keeping up with them receivers because they're going to be on the field. I really don't believe my, our offense is going to be able to sustain drives which means our defense is going to stay on the field. And, you know, like you said, y'all going to put some points up. Against Buffalo, I don't care how good your defense is. You're going to put up points. What you got to be able to do is match them, and we can't match you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, y'all just uh, got a chance to experience – the conversation with me and my brother, this is this has been fun. It's been like ages since we've done this. I'm going to get ready to get on out of here. Like I said, we got a big show coming up right after this. So please stay involved. Go ahead and check out John Fina, the off tackle with John Fina, my man, Joe Miller. They're going to have Joel Allen joining tonight. This is going to be a big show. It's going to be a big show. So get in there, get your super chats ready, all that stuff, and talk to my man, Joel Allen. Uh, Jesse, 
you already know, man. It's, it's a pleasure. I appreciate you, man. Anytime you yes, want to so come back it. on the show, you got an open invitation. Uh, you don't have a show or anything, so I can't plug anything for you. But nah. you know, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> y'all love on my brother. He don't do Twitter and all that stuff, so I can't even tell y'all to go follow him. But y'all just love on my brother. And y'all know how I do it over here with Buffalo Rumblings, man. Y'all love each other. Take care of each other and live in peace. And as always, stay positive. Test negative. Go Bills. Code of conduct. <laughs>